boy, here we go for the freaking Thursday show. Time to fire it up. I am Stretch. Welcome to it. We are getting ready for a moto doubleheader. There are some change in plans, though. I'm going to tell you this. It is Stretch, Moto Man, Jason from HYR, Bookie Kyle. That is the coverage for both Saturday's two-stroke nationals at Glen Helen and the Supercross from Glendale, Arizona. We're going to do all of that, but there's a change in scenery. Stretch is not going to be at the two-stroke nationals. You know what? I don't like the cold. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, something came up, and somebody needs to be back in the studio and to be incredibly honest with you, and this pains me to say, but Moto Man is far more important than I am to any live broadcast going on. Moto Man is a numbnut savant, and he needs to be out there because when things go sideways, the dude can get like a rubber band and a paper <laughs> clip like MacGyver and make everything okay. Stretch cannot do that. Stretch is really good at um, gloating and being arrogant and saying mean things on the radio. That's what Stretch does really, really well. Motoman's really good at getting you on the radio so that you can broadcast. Now, back in the studio, I can still anchor the event, so you will hear me there, but if you are live at the event, you will not see the Stretch RE on location. That is the new updated deal. So it's going to be Motoman Jason from HYR and Mr. Bookie Kyle in the house, and our friends from LBZ will be running around too, and they'll probably be kicking us with us over at the booth too. I know that will be fun time. So look for the LBZ family running around and look for the 49 and they are family with us too. So the high probability they'll be over at the booth with the boys as well. So that is what's going on. That that race is getting better and better. I know I've seen Michael Essie talking about it on Instagram. Mike's no joke. And I have seen now Carson Brown is going to be there. I'm going to have to say that is my favorite to win it. I know Josh Mosman won one of the pro races last year and tore it up. He also had a fast as F bike that may or may not have been built by Mitch Payton. I do not remember, but it is super, super fast. And Josh is really good. But dude, Carson Brown, there's something about that kid. He's just fast on anything you put him on. So it's going to be fun. A great day of racing at Glen Helen. Look for the big 49 little pop-up tent. It'll be the HYR pop-up tent with Big 49 uh, banners hanging all on the inside and the guys will be set up there. So stop by and say hi to those idiots. And I will hear you because I will be on the other end of the microphone the entire time they're talking anchoring the broadcast from the Big 49 Temple. Which is weird because I am now going to be completely and a thousand percent alone in the studio on Saturday doing a broadcast completely alone with a demon. Normally when I'm there, there's a whole bunch of idiots there. I will be all alone with a demon. What could go wrong, right? Oh, this job's fun. It really is. Uh, Coming up in moments, speaking of moto, we are going to get down with Mr. RJ Hampshire. I like RJ. RJ's a good kid, man. He's a good family dude. And we will talk to him after his second place finish in Seattle. If you missed the Cameron McAdoo interview, that is coming up in the middle of the show today. And since we taped that interview right after Seattle, so it's been a couple weeks, but since yesterday, there is a news that Cameron McAdoo is now out for Glendale. 
sustained a shoulder injury while practicing. And Pro Circuit Kawasaki takes another one in the nuts. They will be down another rider as we head into Glendale this weekend, man. I, you know what's brutal? Ronnie Mack, who we love and is cool to the 49 and is always very gracious with his time with us, and we really, really like that guy. Ronnie Mack wasted no time. There was that announcement. It kind of went viral, started making the rounds on social media yesterday about Cameron McAdoo. And within minutes, Ronnie Mack had a video up there, and it was the video where he went to Pro Circuit to audition for their team, and Mitch Payton basically told him to pound sand and that he wasn't going to do a test run in his parking lot. And Ronnie Mack is already gloating on it like another rider down, like a dude. Like, that's not funny. Like, I feel bad. Mitch Payton's a really cool dude, and he is the guru that everybody goes to to make their motorcycles go faster. And I don't care what kind of motorcycle it is. They all go through Mitch Payton if they want to go fast. It's like the it's the secret voodoo sauce that that dude has. And, man, Ronnie's out there just like, mocking him. I'm like, damn, Ronnie Mack, you are brutal. I don't know if they're really good friends and and Ronnie can get away with it or if Ronnie Mack just got the PBRs flowing and no Fs to give. But one way or the other, if you see uh, Ronnie on social media, he's kind of taunting Mitch for losing another rider. And I feel feel bad for him, especially Cameron McAdoo. I really like Cameron and I like just the toughness of that kid. And to know that he's not racing means he's, he's hurt. Which makes me think it's longer than, oh yeah, he's out this week. He, he may be out for a bit, so that sucks. He's got a firm grasp on third place right now in the championship points, and that will probably change after this weekend. It's probably going to be uh, snatched up now by somebody on a blue bike. Going to have a Yamaha from Star Racing. Yamaha moving up into number two in the points would be my thought. So we'll see how it all goes down. Now, outside of Moto, I have got a story I'm going to get into I have decided President Stretch, Governor Stretch, uh, Leader Stretch is going to step up and fix San Francisco. It's it's easy, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it uh, right after we talk to Mr. R.J. Hampshire. I'm going to fix San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco once. I did radio up there back in the 90s, and a beautiful town, but it's, you know, lived hard, can't get out of its own way, hard to see where you're walking with your head so far up your ass, and Stretch is going to fix it. That's what I do. I'm just really, really good. And then I'm going to go into a bunch of dumbasses. I got dumbasses in the news today. I got a dude that's now missing because he stole some money and he bragged about it. Bad and bad and more bad. And uh, by the way, he's dead. I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're not saying he's dead. I'm telling you he's dead because uh, did I mention I'm psychic as well. Then we're going to get a, a carjacker in Delaware that might win the dumb shittery award of the day. It's a toss-up between the guy that stole the money and bragged about it and the uh, dude that is a carjacker from Delaware. Then we talk about MF and snakes on an MF and plane. That story is self-explanatory. And we will cover that one as well today, as well as it wouldn't be a stretch show without an addition of what the Florida. I've got your fistful of Florida as well. So all of that and a hell of a lot more as we plow through this Thursday, getting ready for our doubleheader moto weekend. But up next, Mr. RJ Hampshire, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, right here on a Big 49. Big 49, it is the stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. RJ Hampshire of the Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna team. RJ, getting back to 
nearly the top of the box tonight in second place here in Seattle. And you had to pull some stuff off to get that win because Cameron McAdoo had you. You didn't get him till the very end there. Uh, walk us through that pass and kind of tell us, you know, what was going on for you tonight. I know the heat race was not particularly that great for you, but, you know, you come back into second place. So all in all, a good night. But let's talk about that pass, too. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of opposite of Jet tonight. Like, I mean, I felt like crap in practice. Uh, my heat race was terrible. And then yeah. um, the main event, like the opening laps weren't that great. But okay. then I found my lines and I was hitting my lines really well. Okay. Um, and that's kind of whenever I was making that push after I passed Cam the first first time. Yeah. And uh, was closing the gap quite a bit. And what caused those two really bad laps I had were the lappers. Yeah. Like, my lines were good that I had, but I couldn't take those because that's where they were rolling. Um, so just to switch those up, and I, I needed to be better at adapting to you know those lines and not just stick to mine. Okay. Um, and yeah, like once Cam got me, I was like, all right, like I need to regroup here, kind of settle back down. Um, and I I rolled the rhythm. I don't okay. know why I did that. I rolled the rhythm. Yeah. Then I rolled the next double, too, uh, <laughs> by the mechanics area. And then I look up, and I'm like, dude, I just gave him, like, three or four seconds. So at that time, and I'm like, dude, I got three laps to go. And then I yeah. seen uh, the board next time through, and it was two laps. And I like, I don't know what the times were, but I felt like I made a pretty heavy push there. And for yeah. how gnarly the track was kind of deteriorating, um, it was kind of all or nothing for me at that point. All right, and is there something that you figured out as the night was going on that was a spot maybe on the track where you could start gaining ground? And was there or was there something that you were doing maybe in the, the heat race that was like, all right, I'm doing this, and, and then you figured out later, like, that that's not working. I should do this instead. Like, walk us through the difference between the heat and the, the main event. I mean, yeah, I, I struggled in the heat race. You've seen that. I mean, yeah. my start was bad, and it – Okay. I mean, it was like three laps to go, and I was still in, I think, six or something like that. I'm like, yeah. dude, like, I mean, for me, at least, I struggled. Um, but in the main event, I did have a couple areas picked out. Uh, the sand, I jumped at that kind of triple thing into the wall. Okay. That was the only time I did that all day, okay. and it was to make that pass. Um, right. It was just kind of like you had to catch the guy in front of you off guard to make it. All right. Now, this track was suspiciously bad, you know, not like we've seen worse tracks this year, but it, it was pretty gnarly, pretty rutted. Uh, I know they tarped it. It got a lot of rain, but that kind of made it mushy. So what was your experience, you know, this year so far with something you could compare this track to that, that in you know, in terms of it being so beat up? Uh, I mean, I'll honestly, I'll start. Uh, I just raced Indy. Or okay. I didn't even race it. I practiced yeah. at Indy. Yeah. And uh, this trick or this track, you know, right. had a lot of similarities to that. I mean, it, it got yeah. beat down so fast. Like, I mean, I was for heat, first heat race out, and yeah. they just kind of fluffed it up, and it was right back to the, the ruts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was definitely difficult. The berms were actually kind of dry and slick. Yeah. for the finish, um, which kind of made it hard to uh, get into a flow. All right, and you had a spot on the track where you passed Cameron. It, was that the spot? Did you have that picked out? Like, all right, I'm going to stay here, and then at this point I'm going to get him because the track was breaking down and so gnarly out there? Uh, the first time, kind of. The second time, <laughs> uh, I thought that was the last lap. My pit uh, board okay. said two to go, two right. laps before that. Um, so, yeah. I, we kind of got side by side going down that um, in the whoops, like because yeah. I was sending it. I thought that was the last lap, and there was a uh, <laughs> lapper split between us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I seen he wasn't gonna kind of protect that inside, so I, I squared up and kind of shot. Um, but it was 
I literally, I thought that was last corner. So, of course, that's what I was going to do. All right, RJ, everyone in the 250 West, this was the first race back after a little bit of a layoff, but you're the only guy uh, that we saw race on the 450s. You got a, a race in at Daytona, and I know you were going to get another one in, but then you ended up getting ill. So is there anything that you, you know, learned while racing on the big bike that you brought to this track tonight? Uh, I mean, the best way to practice is to race. So these guys weren't racing, and I was out there racing. So any knowledge I could have t taken in, um, yeah. you know, is going to be a positive. Uh, yeah, Daytona was awesome. Um, yeah. I don't think really many people expected that. Yeah. Uh, but for the, on the bike side, like I was, I was actually really sick, you know, for two and a half weeks leading up to it. So I didn't yeah. really feel well um, up till Thursday this week, and then okay. like I got back on. You know, I, I've been on the 250, but I got my health like pretty good. Yeah. And. Um, like right away, I felt awesome. So I don't know if it was from the 450 or what. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really change much, you know, yeah. jumping back onto it. Just so hard to kind of replicate the 450 to the 250 because my, <laughs> my riding style is completely different on that. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all out on this 250. All right, and, and let's talk about this. We haven't uh, talked to you since you did race the 450 in Daytona where you got a heat freaking win on your first time on the bike, which had to be pretty freaking badass. And then you go through that. Then I know that you had the illness and you ended up really sick. But, you know, walk us through that and then going from the 450 back to the 250 and how different that is. Yeah, I mean, I... I was still pretty beat up after Oakland once I left there, um, yeah. but I just kind of told myself, look, like, you need to pull it together, and we're, we're going racing Daytona no matter what. Um, okay. So I think I had four days on the bike uh, leading uh, up to Daytona. Um, wow. That was literally, I mean, the last time I rode Supercross on a 450 yeah. was probably 2017. Um, <laughs> wow. So I haven't even touched a Supercross track on a 450 since then. Okay. Um, and, yeah, these guys were all for it, and I mean, I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, you haven't really seen me ride it yet, uh, yeah. so we kind of just kind of left it up in the air. The first couple of days were not not good, yeah. um, and then it came down to the Tuesday before Daytona, and uh, I had my first like good day on it. And then Wednesday, the team showed up, and um, we tested maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. um, and we're like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's go racing." <laughs> nice. Uh, you couldn't really have, you know, painted a better picture on that day. Yeah. I, I mean, we. Like, yeah, I said, like, I'm pretty confident on it, but you couldn't. I mean, that was that was an awesome, you know, kind of experience and yeah. just a debut for it. Um, I knew yeah. I was not ready to, you know, battle for a main event yet. Um, but, man, it was cool and <laughs> just so stoked that these guys even gave me that opportunity because it, it opened up a lot. And, um, you know, even looking forward with, you know, my whole team and these yeah. guys, like, they, they believe in me quite a bit, um, especially now on a 450. Yeah. And, um yeah, jump, jumping back down to the 250. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was still sick after Indy, so I don't really know necessarily how bad it was. Because yeah. um, my, like I, like I said, my first couple of days were not good when I got back on the 250. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I mean, it feels good. I, I think I learned enough uh, from it that it helps me a little bit on the uh, 250 also. All right, and another thing that was really cool tonight during the television broadcast, uh, everyone was watching on Peacock. They did a really cool, like, just bio on you with your wife and your kids and kind of behind the scenes of R.J. Hampshire, which just, uh, I mean, that had to be really cool to just show everybody, you know, your life behind the scenes because it's cool to, to let people know, you know, let them look behind the curtain and see what it's like. Uh, how was that experience for you uh, getting that little profile done on, on you and your family? 
Yeah, it was super cool. And uh, if you didn't watch, I don't think they showed the whole uh, feature. So yeah, uh, I definitely go check that out. Um, just kind of gives you a little bit more of a look, you know, away from dirt bikes um, and yeah. kind of what's more important to me in my life. Absolutely, RJ. Well, congratulations on the success this season. Congratulations on fighting from what's uh, come behind to get back to second place on the podium, sitting firmly at second place in the points in the 250 West. And we look forward to talking to you again uh, next time we see you guys, which will be coming up here in Arizona at Glendale for the Triple Crown. Best of luck to you there and everybody over at the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big 49, it is a Stretch show right now. Strap it in. President Stretch going to show you his true colors as a great American, a simple man. And it's going to take a simple man to fix the god-awful crapness that's going on down in uh, up in San Francisco. It's a hellhole. It, it, it's what it is. It's a freaking hellhole. And they need someone great like Stretch to fix it. I don't know if you saw the news. And this is what brought me on to this rant that's going to go on. Because I was screaming at my computer screen as I was reading the story. A guy named Bob Lee, a 43-year-old wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man who was the founder of Cash App. Former executive uh, at uh, Square, which is now Block, was stabbed to death Tuesday morning in downtown San Francisco at 2.35 in the morning. Does not live in San Francisco, but it's the... It's the heart and soul of the tech industry. He's obviously a tech guy. He was there on a business deal, probably out having drinks with a client or dinner with a customer, whatever it was, and was heading back to his room or his residence. I don't know if he has a house there. And and then they say in a very nice part of San Francisco, and someone came up to mug him, rob him. It's usually a robbery. And ended up stabbing him to death. 43 years old. He is dead. Yeah, he recently moved to Miami, they said, and he was back visiting in San Francisco. The attack happened 2.35 in the morning. He was declared dead shortly after he was taken to the hospital, according to the San Francisco police, who should be called the San Francisco Punanis because they don't do anything. Shouldn't be called cops. You're not cops. You don't fight crime. And, and by the way, remember, I'm all for the blue. I'm all down for law enforcement. But law enforcement can't do their jobs anymore because of district attorneys and politics. So they choose to not do their jobs. Rather than continue to do your jobs and then let the a-holes free them, they just get to the point where they don't do anything. And I, I first-hand experience on that, I can tell you. So immediately afterwards, then you just see everyone. It's kind of like after you have a school shooting and everybody comes out and is like, this is such tragedy. Our thoughts and prayers are with the people. And and I wholeheartedly understand the empathy that people feel when you say that, but it's a little monotonous that we have one once a week, and there's got to be a way to keep crazy people from getting guns. There's got to be a way to make it. And, and I'm a gun dude. I grew up with guns. I grew up in a house that had 65 guns in it, and there were loaded guns in just about every It's how I was raised. I am a gun guy. I still have guns. I love guns. And I believe that they protect you. And in the right hands, they're a really good thing. But this wasn't a gun. This was a stabbing. But all of these people, all of these tech people, all of these high-profile people come out and say, I have been a lifelong Bay Area resident. 
I have more questions than answers tonight. I don't know how to fix what's wrong, but I know something isn't working in our great city. Okay, back it up. President Stretch is here to fix your effed up city. And I'll tell you exactly, I can do it in 30 days. You give me 30 days in control of San Francisco and I will have that city fixed. I'm talking fixed and on the straight and narrow and running correctly. And here's how I do it. I get that police department that I don't want to call a police department anymore. I give them ass-kicking permission. And I say, go out there and do your job. Not only do your job, arrest everyone. Arrest anyone that looks like they might think about committing a crime. I'm going to put everyone in jail. And I don't care if I'm putting you in jail for three or four hours and then that piece of crap liberal communist pinko bastard district attorney and the city mayor and all these other people let you go i'm going to harass you and harass you and harass you until you leave my fine city that's what i'm going to do i'm going to do great police work i'm going to do ass kicking police work i'm going to encourage my officers to lay hands on people that's what i'm gonna do that's how i'm gonna fix crime that's what needs to be done these people sitting here going i don't know what to do i know what to do start enforcing the effing law start putting bad guys in jail stop putting up with crap and coddling these idiots and giving an f about them because they don't give an f about you or anyone or your children or your wife or your mom or your grandma they will kill you just as soon as look at you because they're usually strung out on drugs they are some form of mental illness and some form of addiction and they go hand in hand in hand and I don't give an F if you get your crap together in your life or not because I care about the people that don't have an addiction. I care about the people that pay taxes. I care about the people that are law-abiding citizens that are victims to these idiots because no one's doing their job there to protect the citizens of San Francisco. And this goes way beyond San Francisco. Name your large city in America. There's one way to fix it, and the only way to fix it is to kick ass and to start kicking ass every single day to the low-life, degenerate, scumbag, addict, freaking mental ill bastards that are committing all of these crimes get so annoyed by being harassed by my police force on a daily, hourly, minutely basis that they get the F out of my city and they don't come back because when they come back, there is an ass beating at the end of a nightstick, a set of handcuffs, and a night in jail for you. And that is how you fix that city in less than 30 days. And I could do it, and the police there could do it, and I'm sure there's people that know how to do it, but no one's got the nuts to actually do it. And that is disgusting. And I am sickened by these cities and to sit there and look at this crime and to see this guy's dead and to see the people not knowing how to fix their great city, I want to punch them all right in the cock. Punch them in the nuts, kick them in the freaking sea and say, get out there and do what you need to do. It's time to be tough. It's time to act tough. It's time to shut the F up and make the rubber meet the road. And it's the only way to get it done. I am sick of hearing this. I'm sick of this storyline throughout every big city in America. And I can fix it. And you all know I'm right. If you think I'm wrong, well, you're an idiot. Plain and simple. I just spelled it out for you. Let's go fix it. Let's go fix it now. Come on, San Francisco. Act like you've got a set of nuts left and do something about your crime problem. I am Stretch. I'm a great American. This is the Big 49. The Man Urge. Demon Report!
Remember this song by Puff Daddy, I'll Be Missing You, where he rapped about the late Notorious B.I.G., his buddy, and the song was a big old sample of the Sting song, uh, Every Breath You Take? Well, did you know that B. Diddy never got permission to use the sample of that song, and he didn't do it until after the song was already out and was a huge hit, and then Sting said, hey, it looks like you owe me some money. Well, they ended up having to settle, and according to Puff Daddy in a recent interview, he pays $5,000 a day in royalties to Sting for using that song. It was such a big hit. $5,000 a day. That's the deal they worked out. Damn. All right, if you're driving around Los Angeles, you're up in Topanga Canyon, you see a hippie walking out of the rock store, and you go, damn, that dude looked like Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? It is Aaron Rodgers. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers lives in Malibu during the off-season. He has a big badass house there, and they say he was at a rock store. They think he was seriously getting good luck rocks trying to make that trade go through to the New York Jets because the Packers are still holding it up. But in the meantime, Aaron's just kicking it at the beach, getting his lucky rocks and doing Hayawuska and stuff. You go, Aaron Rodgers. The Masters Golf Tournament is already underway in Augusta, Georgia, and yesterday an Irish golfer named Seamus Powers, the guy not only hits a hole-in-one on the eighth hole, he then follows it up with a hole-in-one on the ninth hole. Now, I don't know what the odds are of that. I'm pretty sure nobody cashed in on a ticket in Vegas because, well, it's impossible. It can't happen. Only it did. The impossible happened in Augusta yesterday. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Ah, Big 49. This is Stretch Show. Spring break time. Used to be safe to go to Mexico for spring break. Now it is not. Now it is not. It is not. It is not. But I'm playing the wonderful music of Mexico. Maybe you're having a Corona with a lime in it. I don't know. A little salt on it. Maybe you're having a Modelo. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Enjoying spring break. Getting your freak on. Having some chips and salsa. By the way, Moto Man, there better be kettle chips when I get to the studio. I'm just saying, when I get there on Saturday, I'm all by myself. If there's not kettle chips, I'm punching you in the freaking schlong, Moto. All right, let me get to my story. This is going to kick off the dumb shittery segment of the Stretch Show today. <sighs> March 24th, there was a man in America in a border town right along the Mexican border. His name was Eric Tadeo Ramirez. And somewhere about 11 p.m., he was at a house party there at a house in Texas, not in Mexico, in Texas, very close to the border, Laredo. And he's on the phone and he's telling a girl, what's up, baby? Yeah, you know, I'm just hustling, doing what I got to do. Today I stole 50 grand from the Cartel del Noreste. Yeah, I ain't afraid of those bitches. Yeah, I stole that money. That's what he's saying on the phone. And there's, he's at a house party, so there's people hearing it. I'm going to guess someone, either at that party, picked up the phone and said, Hey man, there's a guy here saying he stole 50 grand from you guys. Because those border towns, a lot of people got dealings with the cartels. So you're like, uh oh, this is bad times for Mr. Ramirez, right? Well, two hours later, a blue Dodge pickup truck pulled up to the house where Mr. Ramirez was staying. And he had his ass beat. And then he was drugged into that truck and promptly driven back across the border into Mexico. He hasn't been seen since. 
I'm gonna tell you he's dead. Spoiler alert, Mr. Ramirez is dead. Uh, there's cameras all over the borders. It's funny, there's cameras everywhere, but there's no wall. They can be, yeah, people are definitely, they're definitely coming across right here. I can see it right there, about 32,000 people just running right across right there. You know what would be funny? We, we had a wall. We don't, we got cameras, we can see them. Yeah, we know what's happening, but we can't stop them. Yeah, but when you're driving through, they stop you, they look in, they ask you questions. Well, they don't stop you when you're driving back into Mexico. They say, hey, come on in. Welcome, amigos. And at the cameras there, they did see a man with a bloodied up face trying to jump out the still driving vehicles across the border. And he was promptly snatched back inside. That vehicle was then traced to a house in Mexico. And they got a suspect in the kidnapping and disappearance of, I'm going to go ahead and say murder, of Mr. Ramirez. You know what's weird? When he was bragging to that girl on the phone at the house party, he wasn't lying, apparently. I got a feeling he was uh, dead serious. Or hes if he was lying and he was bragging about something he didn't do, he's a bigger idiot. Because then someone ratted him out and they were like, really, this guy stole from us? And then they came down and killed him just because. But yeah, he was driven back across the border. He has not been seen since. The FBI is looking for him. Three days later, that same truck was coming back across the border into Laredo because, you know, there's nothing really to stop you from going back and forth if you're a murdering member of the cartel. And as he was coming back across, they went ahead and stopped him and arrested him here in America where he kidnapped this guy who I'm assuming Mr. Ramirez was an American and a Mexican-American. And he has now been charged with and admitted to kidnapping there's no body, and I bet they won't find a body. There's not going to be a body. He's gone. Mr. Ramirez has vanished. It's mafia style. So there you go. I can say when I plan on slinging cocaine, uh, we are not going to be dealing with the mean cartel, only the nice ones. That's what we're going to do. Speaking of that, did you see the president of Mexico yesterday? He's mad at America, and he's, he's now reached out to China to ask for help with the fentanyl problem. I'm guessing he's reaching out to China to ask for the help with the supply of fentanyl because that's where it's coming from, to China, to Mexico, Mexico into America. Even though when it stops off in Mexico, they got some deaths going on by it too, but nothing like the death opioid epidemic that we have in America. Fun times. Gotta love Mexico. Party, party, party. Yeah. So if you're ever stealing money from the cartel, don't brag about it. Move, leave town, run and hide, never tell a soul where you came across the money, don't even tell like your closest friends. Oh yeah, and watch your family too, because if they can't get to you, they'll get to them. It's not a good thing. Best to not cross the Mexican drug cartels. The ones I know are very friendly and nice. That's what I know, they're very nice people. Nothing bad to say about them. All right. Coming up next, we're going to continue Dumb Shittery Thursday, and I'm going to tell you about a carjacker in Delaware. Not Florida. There's no not Florida. I got Florida coming up later. This is not Florida. This is Delaware. I'm going to give you this one next. It's the Big Four Nine. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. 
All right, more bad news for that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. Cameron McAdoo is out for the Triple Crown event in Glendale, Arizona this Saturday. Apparently, there is a shoulder injury that was sustained during practice this week. It has nothing to do with the handlebars he took to the face and the jacked-up finger he sustained with that crash with Jet Lawrence in Seattle. No word yet on when McAdoo is scheduled to return to racing. Get well soon, Mr. McAdoo. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show on a Thursday morning. Here we come. By the way, uh, I did not do this. I meant to do this at the top of the show. I apologize for yesterday's uh, show. I effed it up bad. I told you guys I dropped my computer and my external sound card, which is like a little mixer. And ever since then, I have not been able to dial the crap back in. And yesterday's show was an abortion. The levels were all jacked up. And the way it goes on in my head, I can't hear it till I hear it back later. Not through my computer. I can't tell the difference in my head. It's always blaring in my head, the music as I talk, even when it's really low. But yesterday, it was obnoxiously loud. And today, it's probably low because I'm so paranoid of it. I readjusted everything trying to dial it back in. I'm telling you, everything was set for three years, and now I am not able to dial it back in. Couple clicks away, still. Couple clicks away. Man. All right, let's continue dumb shittery palooza. Let's go to Delaware right now. This is gonna make you feel good. You ever do something stupid? You're like, damn it, I do, every day I do something stupid, and I'm like, stretch. I talk to myself, I'm like, stretch, what are you doing? The hell? You're an idiot, stretch. God, stupid. I do that all the time. People think I'm, I might be crazy. I talk to myself all the time. If I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to my dog. Well, I have a feeling this guy in Delaware is talking to himself today. You know why? 22 years old. His name's Mark Tannen. Mark Tannen is an idiot. It's also an alleged criminal piece of crap. He deserves to be in jail. He is in jail right now, too. He can't post $5,000 bail. He's a carjacker. So first thing he did, uh, 9 p.m. on Tuesday, a resident there in Wilmington, Delaware, said she was in her car when Mr. Tannen approached the vehicle and tried to forcibly remove her from her vehicle while she was over on East Main Street. His carjacking, he did not have a weapon. He just tried to strong arm, strong arm robbery at that point. That's what you do. You pick the weakest person you can see. You're like, well, I don't want to get that dude. He's probably going to fight back. And then I got a fight on my hands. Oh, that dude can kick my ass. I'm not getting him. Oh, there's a lady. No, that's a big lady. I don't fight her. Oh, there you go. There's a little old lady. Bam, I'm going to jack her. Well, that's what he did. And she fought him off. So he's like, F this crazy lady. I'm going to go jack this guy's car right here. Now, at this point, you've done bad victim selection. So you just tried to carjack a lady. You know the 5-0 is in route because this lady immediately calls the 911 and says, hello, a man just tried to take my car and pull me out my car and steal it, and I fought him off, and he uh, now proceeded across the street into the parking lot of the supermarket. Well, guess who just happened to be sitting in the parking lot of the supermarket? Guess. Come on. I'm going to give you one guess. A man. A man in a car just sitting there. He might have been on break. He might have been working. I don't know. But that man was a 
that man was a police officer. <laughs> and this is not an off-duty police officer. This is a police officer in an unmarked vehicle. Just sitting there. Imagine that. Sometimes you're sitting there, and and I know when, when you're on like a patrol or you're on something like that, some, especially if you're towards the end of your shift, you're like, man, I just want every just keep peaceful, keep peaceful. I don't want to see anything. I just want mellow. And imagine you're sitting there just trying to get out of anything happening for the rest of your shift so you can go home, go hang it up and get some sleep. And all of a sudden, this idiot comes up banging on your thing and rips open your car door. And he goes to pull you out only to realize you are a officer of the law. Uh, he was arrested promptly. Hopefully the officer whooped his ass. It doesn't say that. Uh, once he realized when he ripped the door open, he tried to grab the officer out of the car. Uh, he he fled, and the officer gave chase on foot. There was a short foot pursuit before uh, Mr. Tannen was apprehended by more officers who were now arriving on the scene from the earlier carjacking, and then this guy radioed in. Uh, yeah, I got our carjacker. He just tried to carjack me. He's now fleeing across the parking lot. He going back behind the uh, Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, everybody, let's go get him. There you go. Mr. Tannen now in jail. Can't post $5,000 in bail. Also not very good at carjacking. Also, I don't know. There's telltale signs. I will admit, I don't know what happened. I was driving in like the Venice area of Los Angeles the other day. And there was a store, and in front of that store, there was a Toyota Camry and a Toyota minivan that had full lights going, and the lights were even hidden. Like, I, you couldn't even see them, but they were red and blue, which are unmistakably the signs of police lights, and you can't have those on a car if they are not the police. And they were in front of a store, and the doors were open where they had pulled up and jumped out, but these were undercover officers and I don't know what happened on that day, but I was I was very impressed that those were super undercover cars because I would have never looked at it. Typically, it's the Crown Vic that's just painted black. It's still got the the spotlights on the outside and the license plate says uh, California exempt, so you know it's a popo and it's got the push bumpers on it. Typically, they're, they're, they're not that inconspicuous in their unmarked cars. But an undercover car is totally different. Like I said, a Toyota minivan was next level. I was like, damn, seriously? And they were, I don't know what they were doing on that day, but I was surprised. I was like, those are the 5-0 right there. That's some undercover stuff. There you go. All right, up next, we're going to get back to the moto part of the show. We will talk to Mr. Cameron McAdoo. However, this is pre-Cameron McAdoo injury. The injury happened this week while training for the Glendale Supercross, where he sustained a shoulder injury. We will not be talking about that because, like I said, I taped this interview right after the Seattle Supercross, where he had another accident where he got bashed in the chin with the handlebars. Says he messed up his finger too, but he'll tell you all about that. Coming up here in this interview next on a Big 4-9. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Justin Barsh is running a Instagram teaser for his next episode of BAM TV that's going to drop this weekend. In the teaser, Justin took a clip of Ken Roxon talking to him, and Kenny says something about something being the size of a toolbox. And you can tell that Justin then took the audio and edited it 
to make it look like Kitty was talking about Justin's giant schlong. It's pretty damn funny. I mean, not only is Justin a great wide open style rider that we love here at the 49, but he is far and away the funniest dude on that track on any given Saturday. So stay tuned for the next episode of BAM TV. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is the Stretch Show here on a Thursday. Welcome to it. Alright, right now we're going to get to a crazy story. Not Australia. I have stories where I just said, last story I had to say, not Florida. This time I'm going to tell you, not Australia. This time, not Australia. Johannesburg, South Africa, how about that? Guy named Rudolf Erasmus. He's a pilot. Private plane. Flies rich people around. Takes them where they need to go. He's been a pilot for a long time. Imagine his surprise when last week he said he was flying and he felt something rub on the skin of the love handles on his side. You know, you got that little pudgy part of your side right there, that little pudgy love handle. Said something cold, like, moved across him. You know what it was. You already know what it was. If it was Australia, you'd know what it was. Well, imagine it was Australia, because that's exactly what it was. That's right, slithering its way across the pilot's freaking side was nothing more than a Cape Cobra that was under his seat, apparently unbeknownst to him, at takeoff. A Cobra. There was a Cobra in his effing airplane. And do you know what he said? I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. That's exactly what he said. You blame him? No, you don't blame him, because it's what I'd have said. You know, if I'm on a plane, I'm flying the plane, and all of a sudden a cobra crawls across my freaking side, this is what I'm saying. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. That's exactly what you're saying, and that's what he said. I think he said exactly that. When he picked up the, the radio and he radioed in the tower very calmly, he said, all right, attention, mates, because I think they, I'm pretty sure South Africans sound... They sound like a cross between English and Australians. Different accent. And he's like, all right, mates, everybody be calm. We got a snake on board, and I'm pretty sure it's a poisonous, venomous cobra that could kill you if it bites you. So everyone uh, remained calm. The pilot turned around and said he looked down and saw the snake go back under his seat. Said everyone was absolutely crapping. And then the passenger in the back said, well, well, wait a minute. What did you say is on the plane? And he said, uh, "There's, I believe there's a cobra loose on the plane. And then the passenger said, enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. I don't blame him. Do you blame him? Because I don't blame him either. That's what I would have said. I was a passenger in that plane. I'd have been like, oh, hell's no. Oh, hell's no. I've had it with these MFN snakes on this MFN plane. Sam Jackson had it right. It's not right. One cobra bite can kill you. One simple cobra bite can kill you in less than an hour. Uh, the pilot, the brave pilot says, I was more afraid of what might happen to the passengers. I wasn't concerned with myself. Yeah, here's what happens when uh, pilot Stretch is flying that plane. I'm flying. Uh, I, I, I feel something on my side. I look down, I see a cobra. Hey, why did our pilot just jump out of the plane with a parachute on? Because I would say, you know what? Everyone on that plane's going to die. I shouldn't have to die, too. 
and I would just jump out. Sorry, people. Good luck. And I'd have jumped out of the plane. And they'd have been like, we don't have a pilot. He jumped out because there's a cobra. Ah, oh, I got bit. I'm dead. Yeah. That's what would have happened. That's what would have happened. Plane did turn around. Everyone remained calm. Now, here's what I hate. They returned the plane back to the airport, calmly turn around. Everyone on board remains calm. They land the plane. They all get out of the plane and run like possessed crazy people down the runway the second they see land. And by the time they get out to search the plane, the snake's gone. So now they can't find it. Now, would you ever fly that plane again? If they, if I saw them get the snake and get it off the plane, I'd be like, all right, it's gone. But they're like, he must have crawled off the plane when you guys landed and ran out like screaming banshees. But that's not what it's in my head. Now, every time I get in that plane, I'm like, no, 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 he's up in the seats. No, 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 he went in the floor, he's in the wheel well. Next time I fly, he's gonna come out again. Never am I in that plane ever again until they find that snake. They better go catch a cobra, kill it, and put it in the snake to let me think that they got the cobra so that I can get back on that plane. Because I'm never getting on that MFN plane with that MFN snake ever, 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 ever again. This guy, though, you know how they are. Dumbasses. Yeah. Dumbasses. That's what they are. All right, I got another story for you next. Coming up next, time to get a fistful of Florida. Bend over, spread your cheeks, reach it in deep, and we'll give you the fistful of Florida for your Thursday edition of the Stretch Show. What do you think happens if you, you know, we all like singing a little karaoke, and you've now sang a song or another song, and then you're like, I want one more, and they say, no, no more for you. Would your feelings be hurt? Would you be like, they are bashing my singing skills? Don't they know I'm damn near Elvis Presley? Yeah, I don't think they do. So he reacted in a very Florida kind of way. I'll tell you about this guy next. Oh yeah, he's in jail. Give you a clue. Step big four nine. Big, 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 big. The big forty nine moto minute. Brought to you by LBZ. O'Neal Gear has a teaser video up right now. They say the actual video is going to drop on Saturday, and it looks like it features two of their athletes, Colt Nichols and Marvin Muscan, out tearing it up with a pro-quality video shoot. It should be pretty good, so stay tuned for that, or just follow O'Neal on social media, and then you'll see the link to it as soon as they actually drop it. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show on a Thursday. Shout out to Cameron McAdoo, shout out to RJ Hampshire. Get well, Cameron McAdoo. Uh, best of luck Saturday to RJ Hampshire. Man, they got their hands full with Jet Lawrence. That kid is freaking phenom right now in that 250 Honda. He is tearing it up. We'll get into that on, hey, by the way, here's a good thought. As we cover the Supercross on Saturday, should I go out to the to the warehouse and get the demon box and bring it in and just release it while I'm in there by myself and then uh, see what happens when the guys get there or should I wait and release it? I need help on this one. Let me know. Let me know what we should do. All right, let's go to Florida right now. 
Reverend County, Florida. You know what? Never mind. I don't need your help because you idiots will say open the box stretch, and I don't want to open that box. I don't even want to touch that box, let alone in a room completely by myself for like seven hours. Yeah, no. Never mind. Do not call here. <laughs> Lose my number. All right, let's talk about Brevard County, Florida. This guy, Travis Jordan, he's 39 years old. He's up on a breach of peace charge due to disorderly conduct. He was at Kennedy's Lamppost Tavern down on Atlantic Avenue in Cape Canaveral. I don't know if he was waiting for the next SpaceX rocket to take off or what, but that's where he was. At around 2 p.m., he appeared to be fully intoxicated last Sunday. And he was singing karaoke. You know, it's fun to get liquored up and sing a little karaoke. You sing amazing when you're drunk. To you, but to no one else. And apparently he had belted out a few hits that just was not appeasing to the crowd. So he said he wanted to sing another one, and they said, yeah, no, you can't. So we're in Florida. We got a guy that's intoxicated. He's singing to karaoke. He has now been denied. That's worse. When you get cut off at the karaoke bar, that's worse than getting cut off from the alcohol bar. It is. You're like, oh, F you. You're saying I'm too drunk to sing? And they did. They cut him off from the karaoke bar. What did he do? Well, he reached in his pants and he pulled out a machete. He went full Danny Trejo on him. Not a gun. You thought he was going to have a gun, huh? It was Florida. You're like, oh, yeah. You cut me off at the karaoke bar? That's it. You're not going to let me sing Bon Jovi? You're not going to let me sing Living on a Prayer? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. That's a shooting. But no, not a shooting. It's a chopping. Because you don't really stab people with a machete. You chop them. But the good news is this. Um, he did not chop anybody. In fact, a female employee walked up and calmly topped him into handing her the machete. And then she walked over to the bartender, handed the bartender, and the bartender slipped it under the counter, and people were still freaked out. Somebody had already called 911 on their cell phone, and the 5 was already en route. When they got there, they found Mr. Jordan. Mr. Jordan, by the way, go back to my point. He got tattoos on his face. Tattoos on your face, bad decisions. You make bad decisions. You know what's a bad decision? Pulling a machete out on the people at the karaoke bar because they won't let you sing any more karaoke. Bad decision. You know it's a bad decision? Get tattoos on your face. I'm not against tattoos. I just judge people that have tattoos on their face. I'm like, oh, you make bad decisions. Or at least you have made bad decisions in your past. Maybe you're past it now. But those decisions are hard to uh, get over when they're tattooed to your face. Now, I would tattoo Moto Man's face. Like if he was asleep and drunk, I would tattoo uh, penis entrance here and draw an arrow towards his mouth. I would totally do that. But that wouldn't be my face. And then Moto Man, they would say, well, you make bad decisions. And he'd be like, I didn't do this. I was drunk and my friend tattooed it on my face. And they'd say, yeah, your bad decision was to fall asleep in front of Stretch. That was your bad decision. People make bad decisions. Sometimes they haunt you for the rest of your life. Like, ah, herpes. Bad decisions. Shouldn't have banged that person. Should have thought twice about that one. Yeah. So anyway, when deputies got there, they talked to Mr. Bad Decision, Mr. Jordan. And he said, yeah, he pulled the machete out. He is drunk, though. He admitted to wielding the weapon to the deputies. He said, I was threatened days ago, and I got to stay alert now and protect myself. That's why I had the machete. And they're like, well, no one threatened you here. They just said, you can't sing any more karaoke songs. That's not a threat. He said, yeah, good point. Touche. And then they cuffed him up and brought him in. Yeah, that's what happens. 
It is what happens, man. It's a tough world out there. Sometimes you got to pack a machete. I could think of maybe things smaller that you could pack, but I got a machete. You know, who, who am I kidding? I, I don't ever carry it around, though. It, it's like for gardening and stuff. I, I whack up, you know, low-hanging limbs and things like that off of trees in my house. That's what I got it for. So it doesn't get a lot of use because I have a gardener. But I'll whack you with it if I have to. Run out of my garage and get it and, and chop you up. Ha-cha-cha-cha. There you go. But then again, I'm thinking now if I go to the karaoke bar and they tell me, hey, Stretch, you cannot sing Ebony and Ivory with Moto Man. I'm going to be like, Moto, stand back and I'm going to whip out my machete. And I'm going to chop him up. Just like Mr. my friend Mr. Jordan. Could happen. Just telling you, could happen. All right. What are we doing next? I don't know. I'll figure something out. Probably going to babble on about Moto. And then we're going to rerun that interview with RJ Hampshire. And then pack it up and go home. Get ready to put a bow on this bitch. It's the Thursday edition of the Stretch Show on a big 49. Big, 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 big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. This Saturday, it's the Pasha Two-Stroke Nationals at Glen Helen. Big 49 will be in the house. And guess who else will be in the house? It is our friend Carson Brown. He is going to be riding a badass YZ300. He's already in town getting that thing dialed in. And do not sleep on this dude. He is fast as F. And on any bike he gets on, he's fast as hell. And I got a feeling he's coming for the money. Remember, the Pasha races have a pretty big purse up for grabs. And it's, let's see, $2,500 for first, $1,500 for second, and $1,000 for third. Plus, there's cash bonuses for the whole shots. And when you've got riders of the caliber of Carson Brown out there, they are playing for geeks. So can't wait to see this race go down in all the pro categories on Saturday when we broadcast live. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big Four Nine. It's a stretch show on a Thursday morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to us. Don't forget Saturday, Moto Palooza. It is the Motocross doubleheader here on the Four Nine. Been a slight change of plans. It is going to be Moto Man, Jason from HYR, and Bookie Kyle out on location at Glen Helen. I am going to remain in the studio because we uh, could not get one of our board ops in. And then I will anchor the broadcast from there. So I will still be on the broadcast coverage, but I will not be at Glen Helen. That's where the guys will be, and they will all be out there talking to writers and people and anyone and passing out stickers. If you are there, please go by. It'll be the HYR pop-up on Vendor Row and check it out. Also, if you're there, great racing going on. There are dudes. Dude, Carson Brown was racing Supercross last year. Now he's just an assassin is what he does. He goes out and just picks off these small races, and he goes out. You got Mr. Holeshot Michael Lessi out there. I know that Josh Moseman is going to race again this year. The really amazing thing about the Glen Helen Two-Stroke Nationals this year, the Pasha Two-Stroke Nationals. Shout out to Pasha for putting up the cash. Big money on this, too, for a small race that is out at a local track. $2,500 to win in each class of the pro category, $1,500 for second, and $1,000 for third. That is a lot of cash flow, and there's a lot of cool stuff out there. There's always some big names, twos out, out running around. Never know who you're going to run into. I'm sure the guys will track down anybody they can. 
So we have a lot on the docket for Saturday alone just in the coverage of the Two-Stroke Nationals. And shout out to Glenn Hallen. I love that track. Love those people. They are great people, and it is a great place. And institution, an iconic institution in moto here in Southern California. And I promise you there will be a lot, a lot of thousands and thousands of people out there. And you should go too. Pull up, park, walk around, check everything out, go to Vendor Row, talk to the 4-9, see all the bikes, see all the freaking famous riders that are going to be out there riding, all the big names. Good food. Oh, man, they get some... I wonder the bar... The barbecue man's got... He's always there. Always go. That barbecue truck, that's no joke. They have... Not only do they have really good barbecue that they smoke out there, but they also have a... Uh, the french fries are really good at that truck as well. Just next level. It is a fun, fun time Saturday. And then... The Numbnutses are going to pack it up, and they're going to head back to the studio where I will be waiting for them with a demon box that is going to be opened. I don't know if we're going to make it so whoever loses the picks on Saturday night has to open it, or if I'm just going to say F it and open it, and then let the witch uh, come and re-grab uh, it. But either way, that's what's happening. And then we will cover... I, I may cover the first part of the Supercross coverage by myself. We typically started at 2 p.m. This is once again a West Coast race. Being at Glendale, Arizona, that means the gate will drop at 7 p.m. So 5 p.m., I will go ahead and start Supercross coverage with or without the Dumbnutses, and then they will drive as fast as they can across uh, the Inland Empire into the East Valley studios of the Big 49, and they will come and be a part of the Supercross coverage as well. Cool thing is I'm going to get to watch all the qualifying and all that, and they will not. So I'm going to have inside, and then I'm going to give them bad information. When they get there, I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, oh, my God. You didn't, you don't know? Oh, uh, you guys didn't know? Yeah. Kevin Moran's the fastest qualifier there was today. He was number one. I'm picking him number one. Actually, shout out Kevin Moran's. Got the whole shot. Both freaking the heat race and the main event in Seattle. I really like that kid. But no, I'm going to tell him. Yeah, yeah, no, Kenny Roxon looks dialed in today. And then Kenny crashed. He's not even going to race and race. I'm telling him that. I'm just going to lie. I'm going to lie about everything. I'm going to discombobulate those fools. I'm telling you, if you're not cheating, you're not trying when it comes to any game, especially one that you play with your friends. It's very important to win. I'm stretched. Time to get out of here. We'll do that next. It's the Big 49. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. It is time to pack it up and get out of here for a Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Friday is that magical Supercross Eve. We are back in the racing again. And we're back into the two-stroke nationals on Saturday morning as well at Glen Helen. It is going to be a lot of moto to talk about here on the 4-9. And I can't wait to get to it. Can't wait to get started. Can't wait to have some fun and do our shenanigans the knuckleheads look for them on saturday out there look for me in the studio and we'll have all your race coverage for supercross as well in the evening seven o'clock gate drop five o'clock pre-show and tomorrow don't forget friday the moto man show will be here with special guest bookie kyle brought to you by age drugs and depends because sometimes they just crap their pants these guys yeah, sometimes. If you're a drinker, depends are good. Yeah, you know, everyone who's who's a real solid drinker uh, has had that I pooed my pants experience, where you went to sleep and you woke up and you're like, I do not know what happened last night. 
but there was poop in my pants when I woke up. Or you got up in the middle of the night and just pooped like in the living room when you thought you were on the toilet or something, allegedly. Yeah, it's not just me. I've been there. I don't drink now, but I, but I put it down like a champion over the course of my uh, my reign as a drinker. <sighs> you guys, if you are heading out there, come say hi to the guys. Also, come say hi. I know the LBZ girls will be out there running around. The lovely Christine and that's uh, Miss LBZ Lady. And remember, the LBZ, it's all about the lifestyle. LBZ.life. Get over there, get your stuff ordered, get your gear, get your hats, get your cool-ass riding gear. You a snowboarder? We're down with snowboarders. They got a badass freaking uh, snowboarding gear, too. LBZ got it all. And they're going to have uh, uh, representatives out there running around on Saturday at Glen Helen. It's going to be a good time, man. I, I can't wait. I'm fired up. You guys, we got one more day. Let's power through today. Let's get through Friday, and then we'll see you on Saturday. I, myself, will talk to you again tomorrow morning for another rousing edition of the Stretch Show where I did not screw up the levels. I've got it. I think I've got it back. Till tomorrow, my friends, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.